my husband and co-host of this show had a stroke at 49 years old, and today we're going to talk about it. We're going to get into what exactly happened. We're going to address some questions and comments that we've received and also going to go over some warning signs, when to get help, and most importantly, what you could do to prevent this from happening to you. So it's going to be a good one, guys. Grab your coffee and let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. I'm back. He's back like he never left. I got hit on the chin, you guys. Got knocked down, but I got right back up. I'm here. No empty chair today. Nope. And I'm still not on my way back, but I'm on my way back. Yeah, we're only officially just what, like, I don't know, four days away? Four, five. How many days has it been? Six. Oh, a week. It happened six days ago. Yeah. So almost a week ago. So you guys, we are back, and we are here to talk about what happened. To get into it, as we usually do on this show. Yep. So you ready to talk about it? Yeah, let's go. All right, I before we get into it, I want to remind everybody that we have a live 5 p.m. Pacific time on Friday. So make sure you tune into that. And it's going to be it's gonna be good because we're, we have a neurology appointment with Mike on Friday during the day. So we can give you guys um, an update on that. And... I don't know why I just said Friday, because for you guys who are watching this episode right now, it's mm. tonight. It's today, 5 p.m. Pacific time. So make sure you tune into that. It's on YouTube. It's Kennelly with Coffee After Dark. And we, we always love that. Yeah. That. Yeah, it's fun. You get to talk differently on there on the lives. Yeah. It's a different format. Yeah, it's a little more cash, and we love it. Cash. And I already know a lot of questions are going to come my way. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and then, yeah, so we have his, his neurology appointment, so we're going to have some updates there because on today's episode, we don't have a lot of detail, a lot more details than what we've already given. If you guys want, like, the, the what the neurologist says, then make sure you tune into that. Okay, moving on to this five-star review that we got from Sylvie H. Janine and Mike are hilarious, frank, and knowledgeable their show goes into topics everything from myths of nutrition and diets better health for 40 plus love and relationships and so much more i personally have learned so much just from listening this last year and i feel they've helped me stay on my game at 46 and looking forward to more i love candidly with coffee it's the number one podcast hey right on sylvie thank you for the shout out and the beautiful compliment yeah and the support as always thank you so much we really appreciate that so much because we know it takes time out of your day to yes it does do a review and we just really appreciate it it does help us out over on apple Podcasts because that's how they like rate whether or not you're successful is by your reviews yeah of course they want to see if people love you or not basically true that yeah all right you guys Let's get into the I because there's a little confusion on the timeline because I we recorded that podcast episode on I recorded it on a Saturday the solo episode and Mike had already had a stroke but we did not know. So when I was recording that episode I did not know that he had a stroke. And so that, that's what I want to go into. I'm going to rewind all the way back to Thursday. And we're going to take you through it because it's, I've gotten a lot of questions around the timeline because it doesn't make sense. They yeah. thought maybe I already knew you had the stroke no. and I was withholding it on Saturday. No. So what happened was 
I got a call at 2 p.m. on Thursday. Mike was at his CSA, as he normally is, his Fight Academy, which is, it's like a 40-minute drive in traffic. It was about 40, 40 yeah, minutes away. from San Jose to Dublin, about 40 minutes. 30 minutes without traffic, but add a little traffic to adds a little 10, 15 minutes to it. It was not unusual for him not to be home at 2 o'clock. He usually gets home around 2, 3. So he called me, and it was... I answered the phone and he, I said, what's up? And he said, I'm not doing too good. But he sounded really low. Like he said, I'm not doing too good. And I was like, oh no, like what's wrong? And he goes, I threw up. Like I just threw up everywhere. I, I'm dizzy. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. He was very vague. And here's the thing. Just a couple days before, the same thing happened to my daughter. She out of nowhere and we don't know if she had a virus. We thought she had the norovirus, but she thinks now maybe it was food poisoning. We don't know. But out of nowhere, she suddenly started throwing up. So then I thought, oh, my gosh, you must have got the virus from Alyssa. Like, you must have gotten that or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The only thing difference between me and her is my legs gave out from under me. Someone came and punched me in the chin. Someone right. gets knocked out and my legs went rubbery. I collapsed. And I was profusely sweating, and I didn't stop sweating. It wasn't like right. sometimes you'll sweat for a few minutes from the throw up right. and violence, but it kept going and going. And my, right. my partner, who was next to me in the other bag next to me, was like, Bro, you look pale as a ghost. Yeah. So I didn't know all of this, though. I'm trying to give my perspective on what kind of, because you always downplay things, always. Of course I do. But what I did immediately, and I don't know if you remember, I immediately asked you questions. I said, do you have any, do you have any numbness or do you, can you feel your legs? I started to go through like the stroke stuff. Yeah. And Dr. Janine kicked in. Yeah. But all of the answers to those typical stroke question, droopy face, unable to form sentences, all of that slurred speech, none of that was happening. No. But he also did not convey the magnitude of what happened. I didn't know that this had been going on for two hours by the time he called me. Yeah. And that he basically collapsed to his knees and all of that. I just literally thought, okay, he's jumping rope. He's getting ready for class. Jump rope. I thought stomach. my stomach was, was upset. I had a bowl of oatmeal, protein in there. I had some vitamins. I thought, man, did I eat too close to class? And this is just making me sick. Which is what you told me too. You're like, I don't know. I think it's the oatmeal. Plus I took my vitamins. I think I took my vitamins too close to coming to class. You're like trying to make it all. And then I was like, what are you going to do? You said, I don't know. I'm going to try to like... I'm going to try to wait it out, see if I can, you know, see if I can feel better or whatever. And then when I got off the phone with you, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go, we're going to go get him. So I went and t grabbed Tyler and I said, hey, let's go get him so we could pick up his car. So it was like a 40 minute drive. And when I get there, I brought the blood pressure ma machine with me, by the way. I brought the blood pressure machine with me because I always have it in the back of my head. I know he has high blood pressure, and if I get there and test his blood pressure, I'm going to make him go in. He was already not wanting, because I even said on the phone, do you want to go to, should we go to the ER? And you got all mad. Well, I'm not going to go waste my time in the ER. You get so mad. Yeah, I thought it was, because I thought it was a stomach flu. Yeah. And I'm an idiot for assuming. It's my right. fault. So then I took the blood pressure and I thought this is going to be my gateway. If it's high, he will not be able to say no. I will take him regardless. But unfortunately, it wasn't very high. It was a little elevated, but yeah. not alarmingly high. And yeah. so I'm like, shit, okay. And then, but I still mentioned it. I still was like, hey, do you think we should go to the ER? And you're like, just take me home. Can I go? Can I just go home? <laughs> you were just I mad. just wasn't feeling good. I just wanted to go home, take a shower and lay down. 
just yeah. sleep it off. Yeah. Which I did. I felt a little better after, but man, I didn't know how to stroke. It's my fault. Should have known. I didn't. It's, you feel here I am, 49, best shape ever, work out, I train, I do everything I'm supposed to fucking do, and this is what happens to me. Come on, man. Come on, universe. You know, I didn't, I didn't suspect it for a second. I go, I'm doing everything. I take my medication. I eat well. I train hard. I keep my body weight down. I do everything I'm supposed to. I give this body the respect it deserves, but genetics are genetics, man. Family history is family history. It caught up to so me. So anyways, getting back to the timeline, so then we... Get home and like he said, he went to bed and the next day he said he felt better. Yeah. You said, I just feel like I'm getting, I'm coming down with something. It's my, I have allergies. So it's like a cold. I feel like I have a cold. He almost felt like he had COVID. Yeah. Hazy. I don't know if anyone ever had COVID, but my head felt hazy. Like first time I had COVID, you just feel like stuffy head and you can't think right and tired. That's what I felt like. Yeah. My balance was off. But you didn't tell me that. Your I balance did. I said my balance off. was. I said it was off a little bit. Remember, I told you. Then, then you. But you said you felt better. You yeah. started to feel better. I did. Better. But this. So the, so this is Thursday. You started to feel better. Whatever. You just took it, taking it easy, and then Friday again. You said you felt even better. Yeah. Friday morning. You Saturday felt, morning. You mean? I mean Saturday morning yes. now. Saturday better. Yeah. Now we're Saturday morning. Feeling better. So we're even thinking. Okay, we're going to do the podcast. Yeah. Yep. Then I had to go see somebody in Sacramento real quick, come home, and I started feeling like I took a little nap and I started feeling terrible again. But you didn't tell me. So what you told me was, so I'm waiting for you at the podcast studio literally minutes before I start recording that episode. Yeah. And you, I texted you saying, hey, I'm, re I'm ready to go. You said, I, I took a little nap. I'm going to go get a Starbucks and I'll be right there. Yeah. And then I called you or you called me. I don't know. I think I called you. And, you, I don't feel too good. Yeah, you said I'm out of it. I just, you're like, I'm just, I feel so out of my, it, but I'll be all right. My, yeah, I said my head feels foggy, like you can't think straight. I don't yeah. feel all the way there. So that is when I hung up with him because he was getting his coffee. And then I said, you know what? I called him back and I said, go back home. Yeah, I'll do the podcast by myself and I'll be home later. Like I didn't tell him anything beyond that. I just, and then I... That's when I thought I was just wanted to get through the episode and I thought something just didn't sit right with me. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go home and I'm going to make him go to the ER. And I knew he was going to be flaming pissed. It's a Saturday and it's a long process at the ER. Man. And I knew that the best case scenario was also the worst case scenario for me because the best case scenario was we go to the ER and it's nothing. But if we go to the ER and it's nothing, he's going to be pissed at me the entire weekend. He was angry. So we get, so I get home and he said one more thing that was like, I don't care what he says. I'm taking him in. He was messing with his, his hand. He said, my hand is cold. And I said, that's it. We're going in. I like literally slammed my keys down and I'm like, we're going right now. And Tyler was like, calm down. Yeah, my right hand felt like cold. It's better now. Still feel a little tingly in my right finger, right here, my fingers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was that was odd, and that's part of stroke that happened on the left side of the mm -hmm. brain. But we didn't know that at the time. But that was a sign you knew something was off. But I me. knew that was not a normal yeah. thing. I was like, that's not normal. And you got mad at me. You're like, I'm just trying to ask Alyssa what her symptoms were. And I yelled and I said, it wasn't anything to do with her hand. Because <laughs> you were still trying to justify it. It was driving yeah. me crazy because you wanted to just justify that it was vertigo or this or that or everything else except what. I was trying to play my own doctor. That's yeah. my problem. 
I just, I'm just not a fan of the doctors and hospitals. I just don't feel like I belong with them people. I do everything I'm supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. this is, I get rewarded, but it is what it is. So we, the whole way there, he was upset. It was not a fun ride for me. Let's just put it that way. And we get there even, and he was still so mad that he refused to answer any questions from the nurse or whatever. He was just like, ask her. She's the one who forced me to come. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, like I said, it's the last place I want to be. I know. Well, obviously you didn't feel good too. And then when we got there, he had a fever. I did. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You felt so much better once the fever broke. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why I was so snappy and edgy. You had a fever. You know how it is. You don't feel good. Body feels like shit. Yeah. So anyways, we get there and then immediately when we went over the symptoms with the nurse said, that is absolutely a, a 911 call. Not yeah. a go to the ER. It is a call to 911. Yep. Because time is critical. Especially with a stroke. And it lasted a long time. What we do know, based on they, they did a CAT scan and they did an MRI, the CAT scan looked fairly clean. They couldn't see the actual stroke in the CAT scan, but the MRI, they could see the stroke. And they said it was an ischemic stroke. So it wasn't a TIA. From what I know, and we'll know more when we talk to the neurologist, but a TIA is like a stroke. It's like where you get brief stroke-like symptoms, and it's a warning sign to a stroke, but yours wasn't brief. You had you were you were having a stroke for a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was tough. It was brutal. I never felt nothing like that in my life. Got to say it was something eye-opening, to say the least. So I won't play around with it no more. Now that I know what this is. I definitely know all the signs now, so I'm on top of it even more. So the interesting thing is I always knew about the face drooping, the slurred speech, the one or one side of your body weak. Yep. Um, I always knew that stuff, and those are the things I asked you. What I didn't think of, the, what I didn't know was like the balance and any change in vision. I didn't know. I didn't know that. That's part of it. So I have it actually up on the screen, you guys. There is a what causes a stroke, and then there's a thing that you think about. It's called be fast, and that is what you think in your head. If any of, and it's not, it's a sudden onset of any of these things. It's not that you have to have all of them. I think that's really important to to know. And it is so B for be fast. So B is balance. I is any change in vision. So like a sudden change in vision, sudden change in balance. And then the fast is face drooping arms, speech. And if you have any one of those things suddenly for no apparent reason, you call 911. The T means time to call 911. Yeah. What threw me off too was just how fatigued I was after. I was like, why am I so fatigued after? Usually if you're sick, your stomach feel well, you throw up, you're like, all right. I'm back. I thought it was going to be back. I literally thought, all right, let me just throw up. Let me shake this off. I'm going to be back in class training. Hell no. Nah. I, I didn't make it back. It's like I lost track of time, too. Like the class was over like that. And I'm still there laying down or sitting down. I yeah, couldn't believe I, it. I couldn't believe how long it took you to call me. Yeah. It took me a long time to get up off my feet, even get to that to the uh, couch in the front of the academy. Probably took me about an hour, I think. I lost sense yeah. of time. I don't remember. I do remember. That's but crazy. I don't remember. Yeah, so in in his paperwork that we left the ER, it said he had a a lacunar ischemic ischemic stroke that occurs when the blood flow to one of the small arteries deep within the brain becomes blocked. Appears to be uh, one of the most common factors for a a lacunar stroke is high blood pressure. 
yeah. which you have had. Obviously, we knew that was a a risk factor with the high blood pressure. You've had high blood pressure for many years. Untreated. And this is where I want to get into, and we're going to get into now the questions and some of the questions that have come through. But yes, Mike is the picture of health right now. Health, fitness, he's exercising, he's doing all the right things, has lowered his body weight, his on blood pressure medication, all those things. But that has only been over the course of the last few years, specifically the last year. Yeah. Prior to that, and for many years, your diet was poor, very high in saturated fat and just bad burritos and all the taqueria every day, like daily burritos, okay? No, that was years ago, though. But again, yes. Well, it caught up to me, of course, over the years. It it accumulates. It's an accumulation. So you had years of that plus likely years of untreated high blood pressure. And I remember, I know for sure that you had high blood pressure in your 30s because you used to have these veins that would like percolate in your head. I could see them like moving. That's high blood pressure. Yeah. And it was, it's interesting because it was one random day at my parents' house, like almost five years ago, five years ago, I think, I believe, that we decided to get the blood pressure machine out at my parents' house and everyone tested their blood pressure. And you and Nobby, my brother, my oldest brother, had very high readings. And I was like, what the heck? Yours was 185 over something. It was shocking. And let me also say, at this time, you had just undergone a massive weight loss. You had lost like 60 pounds on the keto diet. Yeah. And you were at an optimal shape optimal weight at this time that you did your blood pressure you were not overweight at the time and you your blood pressure was high and you still didn't want to do anything about it right away it took me a while again to get you to go you thought it was a fluke or whatever i bought our own blood pressure machine tested it again it was continuously very high and you finally went in to the doctor yeah i did and it was true my blood pressure was high so all those years it went untreated crazy i was playing fine and i should have known better it's in my family history just denial man i never thought it happened to me i thought here i am i work out and that's enough and i train i don't drink anymore yeah i don't do drugs anymore but and not to put you on blast but it's been a kind of a constant argument with us over the years there's been times where i've discovered that you just decide out of nowhere to stop taking your blood pressure medication is that true yeah i'm hard-headed i like my father he did the same thing recently. Remember, he stopped taking his mm-hmm. meds and ended up in the ER. And you got mad. I did. I did. Because you can't play around with this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that again. So there's been, that's been like an ongoing point of contention with us because he, and then also, in addition to that, he gets bothered when I ask him to get, to take his blood pressure reading. I do. <laughs> it gets annoying. Not going to lie. So you guys, it's hard because I like, I am someone, I don't like conflict. I I like to, I don't like to argue or get along and we get along so well, but I know that certain things are going to be like, okay, I'm going to, I, it's going to cause him to be upset with me, but it's, I have to do it anyway. But sometimes I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I choose to not push the issue because I don't feel like dealing with the tension. Tough love, right? Yeah. It's tough place to be in because he can be. And, and the other thing is this had to happen for him to agree 
to take additional medication because he would have never agreed to take the additional medication that they've given him had this not happened. If your doctor said, you should probably get on this to prevent, you would have said absolutely not. Probably. I just don't want to be, I don't know. I don't want to be like a, I don't want to be tied to the whole medical industry. I'm, I'm anti because I feel like I do everything right that I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do. But unfortunately, everything I've done in my past caught up to me. And family history, nothing, there's nothing you can do about family history. It's deep in my family history. My father... Almost died of stroke at 58. It killed my cousin at 40. From a, she died from a stroke, so it's chasing me too now. Mm-hmm. Now we really know it's chasing me. I am 100% convinced that had you not made the lifestyle modifications that you had, that you would have already had a massive stroke. Probably. The way I was going before, how hard I was going to eat and the way I was doing, 100%. I probably wouldn't be alive to be talking to you guys on this podcast, to be honest with you. Mm-mm. So I want to go over some of the the random questions and comments that we have received and assumptions. One of them was, this is because you're no longer doing keto. You should immediately go back to keto because you had a stroke because of your insulin. False. Okay. Actually, your... The doctors are coming out. Your A1C is X. I went through all his... By the way, he had blood work done, ironically, six days prior to the stroke. Yeah. So we have actual blood work of what his stats were leading into having a stroke and they were excellent and my blood pressure was low i texted you i was like mm-hmm. 120 it's on the sheet it's on your records too 28 over mm-hmm. 80 something it shows on the blood work yeah so you got you had blood work done and in that blood work and let me go back to the keto i'll get to the blood work so keto actually and i know we talk about this all the time how you need to find a nutrition style that works for you because all of our bodies are different some people are genetically predisposed to store more to have more plaque or they may even have a very clean diet or eat low fat or whatever and they still accumulate plaque in their arteries they may they accumulate plaque and they don't even have high cholesterol numbers and that's why a lot of times it's like the silent killer because you don't know that it's happening because your markers my numbers are good yes but when you have a genetic predisposition and let me explain genetic predisposition so and i'm the queen of analogies so it's like I can go to bed with my full face of makeup and I wake up just fine. I'm clean and clear. Somebody who's acne prone because they are genetically predisposed to acne, it runs in their family. Yes. They have to wash their face every night. If they wake up after a night with makeup on their face, they're going to have a huge breakout. Yep. It's true. Everybody is different. For the person that is, you know, genetically predisposed to acne, they have to go above and beyond to take care of their skin or they are going to have the acne skin. They have to do what they can, and they're still going to battle it, even if they do what they can. Whereas me, I can go to bed with a face full of makeup, and I'm fine. I've never had acne. I've never had an issue with pimples. That's what it means to have genetic predispositions. And we have to look at our family history. They are like the crystal ball to what we potentially could be facing in our lives, in our senior years, in our adulthood, et cetera. Yeah, that's true. And I should like I said, I should have known better. My dad had his stroke at 58, long time ago. What? 76, 18 years ago. So I was 31, 32 years old when that happened. No. Yeah, somewhere around there. 31 mm-hmm. years old. So I should have known. I should have mm-hmm. been ahead of it back then. Right. Like I didn't I never thought to like look into my own blood pressure or even check out get myself checked out. 
so like in the for, in the term in terms of keto for you a perfect example is you are not a good candidate for a diet like keto or carnivore that's no. high in saturated fat no. because you have the tendency to there is plaque in you have a little atherosclerosis in one of your vessel in your vessel that is a plaque accumulation and it's there even though your cholesterol numbers are low and getting lower it's accumulated from probably years of bad eating and yes. the, the genetic tendency yes. to get it because some people can eat horribly for 30 years and not have a scrap of plaque in their arteries. I know. It's just, bastards. it just depends. Everybody has yeah. different, you had it's no true. polyps. I had pre, yeah. seven precancerous polyps. Exactly. And I have a strong history of cancer in my family. So it just, I don't, it just is, you have to, everyone has different things that they have to be more mindful of. And so for you, keto is not the diet for you. In fact, when, like I said, when you... Think about this. When my blood pressure was high, when you guys checked out the house, what diet was I on back You were then? on keto. You were in the midst of your massive weight loss on the keto diet and your blood pressure was elevated. And I was lean and thin and healthy and did everything right. So there's that comment, okay? That's out. That you're actually... We debunked it. You're better off the type of predispositions you have you're better off with a balanced diet that is you know stick to leaner proteins yes. avoid the saturated fats and might mean saturated fats it's the fats that harden at room temperature yep. so coconut oil that you were taken by the spoonful yes no bueno nope all bad bacon i can't eat bacon no more not that i eat bacon but bacon's maybe once in a blue moon i can have yeah. it but bacon no bueno for me but moderation as well yeah that's what i'm saying once in a blue moon some of the other comments we had, you're doing too much exercise. Oh, I gotta, you got to love that one. One of my friends said that to me. I respect what you do, man, but maybe you're overdoing it. Like, no, bro, no, that's not what caused this. It's not, no, you got it all wrong, man. It's not exercise, guys. It's not exercise. It's not what he's doing currently. What he's doing currently did not cause the stroke. What he's doing currently is what saved his life. In fact, in the hospital, they said, you are walking out of here. Most people don't walk out of here. They said that. It's true. I can walk. I can talk. I can use all my limbs. I can talk on my phone. I can text. I can type. I can do it all. My face, normal. Majority, 90 plus percent of people weren't leaving the hospital that day. He said it, the doctor and the nurse. Yeah. They almost didn't want to let me go home that night. They were like, let me double check one last mm -hmm. time because my blood, my blood pressure was still elevated. Mm -hmm. Remember? Mm -hmm. But they know. We also got questions about it. it's because of your macros, a high protein, your dieting. No, it's these things that have gotten him to a healthy body weight. Those are the things that they recommend that you do to prevent. The things within your control to prevent strokes are eating a well-balanced diet, lean protein, yes. yeah, exercise. I yeah, I don't eat greasy-ass meats at home. We eat, what, I make burgers, but they're lean burgers. Yeah. They're lean meats. No, those are lean. I don't use Crisco oil to cook them, I, olive oil. So everything we use, olive oil spray. So that ain't that. Some of the other things, someone thought the V word. They're like, it's because he got the V. You know what I'm talking oh, about. the clot shot. Guess what? Mike did not get the V. I'm anti. Trust me, you guys. I am anti. I'm it a conspiracy the theorist v. here. No, I did not get that. Hell no. I'm scared of that because that's what I was scared of. Getting that, that he'll do that to me because I heard all the rumors about that. I'm glad he didn't get it because then I'd have to hear him thinking it was that. It was not that. And I got it and he didn't and I didn't have a stroke and he did. So yeah. it's not that. 
Okay, moving on. I know I'm getting to it. The other one's funny. This is the dumbest one I've heard yet. Dumb. Could it be your tattoo ink? You guys, what? Yo, people. Now, I'm not trying to be a dick or mean, but where the fuck do you come up with this shit? I'm a conspiracy theorist. I know about conspiracies and all, but I don't go that deep down the rabbit hole. It's not my ink. Where in the world did you hear ink causes strokes? I want to know this. The stuff that people come up with, they become doctors all of a sudden and think they know best. It blows my mind sometimes. No one does research as to what causes strokes. Yeah. You have it up on there. And we can even show people other things that causes strokes. No, I'm going to talk about it. But yeah. here's the thing. Why is it that you think all of these things, these random things, and not the fact that, again, we have said on many occasions... Mike has a his family history of people, young people having strokes. Talked about it. He also had many years of untreated high blood pressure. Untreated high blood pressure means that he had blood pumping at a very high pressure in his vessels. What do you think that does to the vessels? Damages them. That is, the cause is very clear as to what the cause is. And it's just so funny to me that people, the first thing they will do is think it is all the positive things that you're doing. Oh, it must be too much exercise, too much counting macro. I really want to be a clown and ask him, but like, yo, so let me ask you this then. Since it's too much exercise and too much I'm eating healthy, whatever you want to call it. So should I stop exercising, gain a shit bunch of fucking weight, just be a fat ass and sit on the couch and maybe my health will get better. Is that the advice you're giving me? That's what I want yeah. to ask him. Yeah. That, should, what should I, is that what I should do? Should go? Should I go be obese like the majority of America? Yeah. You think that's going to help my health? That's going to kill me, people. This is what kept me alive. Man. All right. So what? now let's go into your numbers, though, because you were never offered a statin or blood thinners or anything like that. Because no, your numbers are normal. Not only are they normal, they're excellent. Your blood work six days prior to the stroke. Uh, your LDL, 83. Explain 83. to the people, though, so they'll know what that is. They're going to have to look it up. I'm not a freaking heart surgeon, okay? <laughs> but LDL is, is anything under 100 is ideal. Okay, so LDL of 83, triglyceride 69. Very good. You have high HDL. Your total cholesterol is well under 200. You are, your cardiac risk score that they give you when you do your blood work. Yeah extremely low for a cardiac event, extremely low risk. They give you that number. This is not, these numbers are not what caused the stroke. Irregardless of the fact that he has these good cholesterol numbers does not change the fact that he had an accumulation of plaque in a vessel that caused a stroke. And that is one of the genetic predispositions I was talking about. Like some people they have to be very mindful of certain things in their diet because one p- person A can eat a steak and high fat foods and coconut oil and all these things every single day and not have plaque. Yep. Person B can have a steak once in a while and have plaque. And that's just because we are all very different. So that is what you need to keep in mind and people need to keep in mind. You have to look at like your family tendencies. Yeah. To get an idea of what would be right for you, as well as 
not just think, oh, you get your annual blood work done and all is fine and dandy. I hear so many people, no offense, but I hear a lot of people who are obese that say, my numbers are good. Oh, I hear that all the time, too. That's like the most BS. Come on, you guys. You're, <laughs> come on. Let's be honest with you. If you're obese, you're not good. There's fat in and around the organs. It's close to the heart. The number one killer is not stroke. It's heart attack, actually, you guys, attack. in this country. Yes. So remember that. My heart CVD, is strong. CVD, cardiovascular disease. Yes, that is numero uno. But the other things in your blood work was all excellent. Like your blood, your A1C, no issues, your flat fasting glucose, like no issues at all. You are not pre-diabetic. You've never had issues in that department. So your problem is not sugar. You have to watch, be more mindful and limit. Unfortunately, the years of a burrito a day did not keep the doctor away. The burrito, burritos are like... The lard they make those yeah. taquerias use lard the worst kind of saturated fat yeah babe don't sugar don't coat it down i also did a lot of drugs and drinking come on you gotta tell them the truth that destroyed my arteries too that did damage you don't think the drugs and alcohol did I, all that yeah too? i'm sure of course that's the first thing they tell yeah, you exactly. is hello come on you gotta explain these people they don't know the old mike frisco mike i was a fucking animal go look it through my instagram i was wild i i drank bottles on the weekend in vegas not mm -hmm. drinks bottles Molly's, many pills I popped. Of course I did damage. It all came back to haunt me. OD'd myself over four and a half years ago. I swallowed over 100 Xanax. It came back to haunt me. I did some damage in there. What they'd say to prevent a stroke, there are certain things you can control and there are things you can't control. The things you can't control are certain diseases that you have that make you more predisposed to having a stroke, like previous surgeries or things like that can weaken the vessels and cause or injury, TBI, things like that can lead you to stroke and family genetic predisposition to having a stroke at a young age. Those are things you can't control. But if even if even more, if there's some things there that you can't control, but that are predisposing you to having a stroke, then you even need to more focus on the things you can control. So the things you can control are eating a well-balanced diet that's low in saturated fat, maintaining a healthy body weight, not smoking or drinking alcohol, exercising regularly, <clears throat> managing stress levels, and keeping your blood pressure and cholesterol down. You're doing all of those things except for your blood pressure needs to be a little better managed. Yeah. That's the only thing I got to get on top of a little bit more. Maybe change. I want to see the doctor maybe talk about changing my medication. Or like you said, if they have to put me on more pills, which I don't want to do because I'm so anti, but I guess I'm going to have to do it. Sometimes with blood pressure, it just takes a while to find the medication that, but your blood pressure was trending down. Like when you started taking the magnesium, it started to lower and yeah. it, it had been yeah. trending down, but we need to be on top of it to really see what those trends are. Yeah. Like right now I'm in the one thirties over nineties. So I've got to get it down lower. The speculation is just the the most annoying part. The most annoying people come out of the woodworks, though. But it's funny how people always want to blame exercise. Like, exercise is what's going to save you. It strengthens your cardiovascular system, strengthens that main muscle, the heart, strengthens your everything, your veins, your arteries. It's good for you. You need that stimulation. But people always want to downplay it. You know what I mean? They always want to blame the good stuff instead of blaming the bad. Mm -hmm. What well, do you drink? Do you do drugs? No, but I did. I used to. I was mm -hmm. a heavy party animal. You know, the past is the past. I can't avoid it. And like you said, it's nothing I could do about family history. I should have known better doing this mm -hmm. stuff. I should have been more aware. I can't eat reckless or 
party like this or drink like this because I have this that runs in my family. Mm-hmm. I should have told you when we first started that. You know what? I got to be, be cool, baby. My father had a stroke and my cousin died at 40. I should have I should have made you aware of it better. But it's my Yeah, fault. you did not. No. You absolutely did not. And you no. didn't. You went crazier than me. I didn't drink out of bottles and do all that crazy shit like you did. I'm extreme. You woke up a beast. I wasn't drinking like that before I met you. I was here and there, but... I, once we got together, I went crazy. I went off the rails. But you did in your early years before you I ever did. met me. Yes, I did. Of course. And then I had a little break for three years when I went away. I was clean and I should have stayed clean. That saved me probably. And then my friends woke up the beast again, man. I swear. People are, be careful you hang around, man. People are bad mm-hmm. influencers, man. Mm-hmm. I swear. I was, that was the best time of my life. Three years that I went to prison, I was fucking clean, man. And then my friends... I came home, threw me like a little celebratory party. We're just supposed to hang out, maybe have a drink. These fools end up taking me to strip club and then fuck, man, woke up the beast again. I just have that thing inside of me, man, that I chase that high. Once you get him woken up, he wants to go. I just know myself. I can't do nothing. And I'm not going to blame the weed, but I probably shouldn't have been smoking weed all these years the way I was smoking. Mm -hmm. Probably not the best for me either. Smoke is smoke. I feel like any little thing that you... I think that when people get triggered, it's because of their own fears of their own self. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want to hear it because they're like, oh, shoot. Like, I hope this doesn't mean that I need to stop doing this, that, or the other. But I think you need to understand and that... Everybody is different. And this is a wake-up call for you to just take a closer look to at your life, your history, your... Here's a good example. Like, I wasn't... They didn't want to give me a colonoscopy. I had to say that my... I lied and said that my... After my dad got diagnosed with colon cancer and my brother and sister both have diverticulitis and digestion type stuff going on. So I lied to the doctor and told her that like one of my younger siblings or whatever had colon cancer because it's not, they wouldn't have wanted to do it just if my dad, cause he got it in his eighties. That's like a, not that uncommon, but it's when I told them that the younger, that they agreed to do it. Like she didn't really want to do it at first. Isn't it crazy that you got to twist your arm and lie to get these things done while you're trying to do preventive maintenance? You're trying to prevent from something happening catastrophic. My brother actually, I just learned recently, he had a colonoscopy, I want to say in his late 30s, and that's uncommon. The only reason he was getting his doctor pushed for it because he had diverticulitis real bad. My brother had stomach issues for a Mm -hmm. long time. Mm -hmm. I used to tell you that. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, what they find, same thing they found in you. Had he not done that, Fast forward to today, he's 46. Yeah. Those might be all cancers in his colon. Yeah. So like I had to, because because of my family history, I had to fib a little bit to get the testing that I needed to feel comfortable. And I'm glad I did because I did have quite a few precancerous polyps in my colon because I didn't, I looked to be very healthy. I'm a healthy body weight. I'm. They judge us by our looks so bad. By the outside. Notice that. Your doctor, my mm-hmm. doctor. Oh, no, you don't need this. Oh, you don't need HRT. Oh, no, you're fine. Oh, you know exactly how I feel. Doctor, you're in this body. You're just judging by the way I look. You're going by your textbook that you learned in school, but you don't know shit about me. That's what pisses me off about these doctors. Because you have to take it into your own, you have to take it into your own hands. For you, had you not been, I don't know, it's like you were in denial about it. Had you not been in denial, like most people are, that we're actually lecturing for people not to be. Yeah. But you were. They are. Yeah. Nah, for sure. 100%. So you were like the pot calling the kettle black a little bit. Yeah. 
For sure. So what we're saying is you need to not be in denial and avoid instead be like we talked about before, like I say, be the detective of your own body and don't just don't go to, Oh, this is interesting. Okay. Let me see if I can convey this. I, I use this example with my clients. Sometimes I I'll have clients that like they get on the scale and, th- and they see like what the number is. And if, if it's not bad, say they lost a pound only then will they tell me like, oh, and I really messed up or whatever, but I still lost. They're like trying to see what they can get away with. Yeah. Sometimes. Be sneaky. Yeah. Don't try to see what you can get away with. That's what I feel like people do. I feel like you go to your annual appointment if you even do that. But let's just say you're like, you're going to the annual appointment and you're like just crossing your finger and you're praying, but you haven't done the things you need to do. You're overweight. You drink. Yep. You don't exercise. You are not doing it, but you're just hoping and praying that little printout looks normal because if it looks normal, then it just justifies your poor choices and your bad behavior and it reinforces it and you just continue to do the same and you do the same thing every year because I have heard it so many times, but my numbers are good. I don't care what your numbers are. Eventually the, the sins of your weekends and the sins of your party. Oh yeah. They will catch up to you. Hello, say it louder. Caught up to me. I don't care how you want to slice. You can skin a cat a hundred different ways, but it got me. You know what I'm saying? My past caught up to me. Whereas what I'm saying is if you would have chosen not to be in denial and you would have went to doctors and been a little more proactive, listen, my cousin had a stroke, my this, I had a, I have just tortured my body for many years. I had, I did not treat my blood pressure. I'm not good about taking my meds. I'm concerned that I'm going to have a stroke. Is there something we can do to prevent it or further testing? But you don't. Nobody does that because no. they want to be in denial. Yes, they do. It's like they don't want to face the music. It's, dude, you better face the music now before you're in that deathbed like, death like I was because most of you ain't going to make it out of that bed. You're going to be crying and saying, I wish I would. Do. What do we hear? I'll stop smoking. I'll stop drinking. I'll eat better. The people that I was surrounded with in that hospital are old, twice my size, obese, and they're wondering why their heart hurts. They can't breathe. They're doing it to themselves. You understand mm-hmm. something? If your heart hurts, you can't breathe. A lot of times you're self-induced. I wasn't self-inducing this to myself. You know what I'm saying? I was actually doing the things that I'm supposed to do, but still got me. But my point to you guys is you're self-inducing this to yourself, and then you wonder why you feel like shit. You better get yourself checked out before it's way too late. I know. And it was interesting because when we were there waiting, you can hear everything when you're in the hospital for 10 hours. Okay. Oh yeah. But there was this woman that came in and she was just fucking pissed. She was pissed at the world. It was raining outside. She was mad because nobody, you know, was there to help her walk in. She was raining. She didn't want to wear the mask because she couldn't breathe. She was very overweight and she's just mad at the world and, and, and mad at the workers, mad at the nurses, mad at everybody. And it was like, Time and time again, we saw person after person come in with their problems, grumpy, upset, irritated, irritable towards the staff. And you look at them and you think, what do you expect to happen to you? Look at the way you are treating yourself. Yes. Look at what you're doing. And you're downplaying it. You guys, this lady was in a wheelchair, one of those mechanical wheelchairs. She was about 400 fucking pounds and pissed. Talk about I can't breathe this and that. And I always wanted to say, and she came next to us and she's grumpy still and loud and being boisterous and i want to say lady 
Will you fucking look at yourself in the mirror? Look what you did to yourself. You're blaming them? Look what you're doing to yourself. This is on you, not on them. You're doing this to yourself. Why are you mad at them? Mad at yourself. You're doing this. You're overeating and stuff in your fucking face like a reckless fool. Yeah, let me actually... If You actually were nice to her, though. I was. Because I at that time, I started to feel better, and I don't want to get worked up. Yeah, you were nice to her. But when, another thing, and you don't know this happened because you were getting your scans, but there was this father and son in the next next to us in the next like room and the dad had been they thought he was having a heart attack he was having chest pains or whatever and earlier in the day they thought he was having a heart attack he thought he was having a heart attack and then they yeah. determined and took like he had was at a mexican restaurant and he was and then he had chest pains and he was talking to his son like i'm gonna do better i'm gonna stop eating this stuff i'm mean, gonna his son was lecturing him you guys i kid you not okay this is like comical Couple hours go by, they determine he, okay, it was not a heart attack. It was probably something you ate. It was, they're going to test his, they were going to test his poo because then he started having diarrhea and everything. They were going to test it. And it was probably something you ate at the restaurant, whatever. And so then all of a sudden, the man doesn't think he's having a heart attack. So the nurse leaves and he tells his son to order him DoorDash. So his son orders him DoorDash. Like, at an hour ago, two hours ago, you were crying. You're going to change your life. You're not going to eat this bad stuff anymore. He has his son order him from a taqueria, DoorDash. And then the son tells the nurse, oh, where can I get my DoorDash? She goes, for who's that for? And he said, oh, it's for my dad. And he go, she goes, you can't, he can't eat that. Like here, we're still treating him. Oh my goodness. Yeah, dassy these people. Like, dude. But how quick he changed his tune. He's, oh, cool. I'm not having a heart attack. All right, I'm going to go back to eating my shit food see how they are they cry to the universe and oh oh please spare me i'm gonna do better and the minute they find out oh, it wasn't that and i'm gonna go back to my old behavior oh it's gonna get you the universe is watching the universe took notes watch this you got away with this time but watch this watch the next one you're not gonna get a pass but the guy that was helping you he said people because you had like your shirt off and they had little things on and you look like a specimen honestly and yeah. his people in the er don't look like you <laughs> that's what he said <laughs> he was tripping out like I said, I know, man. Yeah. I said, that's why I don't like to come to these places. I don't feel like I belong here with these people. I see what's around me. And I'm not trying to be a mean or judgmental, but I do the work. I don't eat like a reckless asshole like that, like these people do. They don't care. I do care. I want to live longer. We made a pact. I want to be with you 50 years. If I can make it to 90, we'll make it to 90. But I know. We, we're about to, we're in July, it's going to be our 10 year. I'm like, damn it. He almost ruined the pact. Damn. Now, nah, but you know what, though? This body, this is what I always say. This is my belief. I'm not religious, and I don't knock nobody for religion, but I do believe this. I believe you treat your body well, you build a strong body, it'll fight for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. if, so when I needed it to fight for me, guess what? It fought for me. It fought for me, and I'm still here. When I lost my mind four and a half years ago, and I did that to myself, when mine went up, my body fought for me, kept me alive. So I truly still stand by that. My body will fight for me. So you guys got to fight for your body. You got to treat it so it'll fight for you. When something happens... So then an illness comes, your body will fight for you. Yeah, a lot of times I say, and I'm not in denial. Yeah, I always talk to you about, listen, like cancer is very prevalent in I my know, family. I know, I'm not in denial that many cancers are not, you can't control that you no. get them. But what I can do is prepare for battle. Yes, prepare and for battle. And that's what I... That's how I look at it. Yes. I don't think, I'm not thinking that, oh yeah, because I 
do all these things that I won't get cancer. But what I can tell you is I'll be ready for it when it comes. And I will also know as early as possible because I'm very in tune with my body. I will know if the slightest thing is off. And I also am very good about doing all the checks that I know I need to do, not because the doctor tells me, not because this, that, or the other, but because of my family history. And I will do the lying and I will do the exaggerating in order to get the treatment that I need because I'm going to get colonoscopies every three years. So even if my next one happens to be clean, they'll suddenly want to move it to seven year, eight years again. I'll be like, uh, 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 no, every three years, you don't want to give it to me. Oops. Suddenly I'm going to lie and say that I'm my, there's blood in my poop to get my colonoscopy. Yeah. Because you want to live, right? You want to live, yeah. not just for me. You want to live for your children. Of course. You want to be a grandmother someday, so you want to grow old. So you got to think about that, you guys, especially you ladies, you women, your mothers. You owe it to your children to live. Stop being reckless. Do something about it now. Breaks her heart. She lost her mother a few years back. I lost mine almost going on 10 years. My mother was 65, diabetes. Eventually led to her colon cancer and game over for her. She couldn't get her weight under control. But you can control it now. Get ahead of it while you're our age. Do something now. Don't talk to your, tell your older self, like, I'm going to do something now. So we're ready for battle. So when anything comes, you're ready for battle. Because that's all you can do. You can be ready for battle. It's about longevity at the end of the day. Because what you're doing now is shaving off the back end. Yes. And you don't think it's like a a big deal until it is. Until when you're getting close and getting older, suddenly you think, man, okay, so like my mom lived to 75. So had she lived a different life, I think, to be honest, she was blessed to live to 75. Your mom is strong. The way she did not take care of herself. But you think she got to live to 75, but but she could have lived another decade if she took care of herself. Your mom was strong. The way her body lived to 75 and the shape that she was in, Right. if she had done something 20 years sooner, Mm -hmm. just changed her lifestyle, 100%, your mom probably would have been living in her 90s. Her body was a strong body. It fought for her. You just, you really have to think about it. At some point, listen, I am not one to talk because yes, I am vain and I like to look good. I'm not going to lie. I don't want to, I don't want to look average. I want to look good. I don't want to look good for my age. I just want to look good. But as I have gotten older, my priorities have shifted to longevity and health. And I start thinking different things and I put it into the universe. Like I told you, no, we're going to be married 50 years. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I want to be married for 50 years. She you ain't going to let me go, you guys. She said, no, you ain't. Come back here. You ain't going. Yeah, no way. Honestly, like, I stopped to think just for even for a second. I can't imagine my life without you. I don't even know. I don't know. We're so intertwined. Yeah, pretty you much. You know, like, we're so. Not too many husbands and wives are intertwined the way we are. Mm-mm. We get up. We work out together. We do this together. We yeah. do content together. Everything. Yeah, it would be. I just, I don't even know how I would function and what I don't even let myself really think about what could have been or what could have happened I just like people say oh you're so strong I I don't have a choice because you have to be you'll strong. break if you start thinking about what could have happened and if you start thinking the negative if I'm not here with you no more it'll break you you'll start getting depressed and I feel like I need to be strong if you're struggling with something and something's happening to you the last thing you needed for me in the hospital was to be some blubbering idiot crying wife or whatever no I need to be the strong one to make sure that you're taken care of just like you yeah. are for me but the last thing you need when you're in need is to have to deal with me like losing it i yeah. have to stay strong yeah yeah i didn't let myself break it or crumble as much as i when something you hear a lot of people they break they get depressed after this and they they go down like 
darkness because you know I do something for mental health. Not right now, but I have in the past. I'm not gonna let this mess with me. I'm I'm still gonna. It's my same message. Let's fucking go. I'm not stopping. Simple as that. I'm not gonna let this break me. Mm-mm. Get back up. So the moral of the story is you go, you have to control the controllables. Yep. Our message stays the same. It's the same before the stroke. It's the same after the stroke. Yep. yep. It is control the controllables. Yeah. So that you can live a long, healthy, longer life. That's true. We're all going to get hit on the chin. Every single one of us. You just don't know when it's coming. But you got to be prepared for that hit. At least I was prepared for that hit this time. It hit me. got me. But guess what? I changed my lifestyle around. So that's what saved me. And people don't, they don't realize that. I know they want to blame. It's funny. I'll go, I don't want to go backwards. But they, they want to blame the, the health aspect like you're doing too much maybe you're overdoing it no that is what saved me you guys if i was a 300 pound dude gone probably wouldn't be here talking to you guys finished probably would have had a heart attack as well so mm-hmm. no this is what saved me i took it on the chin got back up i got knocked down like rocky said and how hard you can get but how hard you can get it and get back up and keep mm-hmm. on fighting that's what i'm doing straight up that quote man resonates deep with me because i just took one on the chin hard it's just another it's another uh, notch in your belt God damn. <laughs> I've been taking some hits the last decade, man. Woo-wee. I swear, I always say, man, I don't know how many... We haven't been married at 10 years yet, but in 10 years, we have been through some things. Yes, we have. But you know what, though? That's what I always say this, and I do believe in this saying, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. Yeah. That's it. I feel strong. I'm good. I'm coming back slowly but surely. Trust that. Yeah. All right, you guys, this was a very stroke-centric episode, but if anything, even if it's not a stroke, if it's diabetes, if it's cancer, if it's whatever it is, look at your family to get an idea of what you need to be paying attention to and be the detectives of your own body so that you can live longer. We have one life to live. I believe that on this earth, I personally want to look and feel my best for as long as possible. And I'm willing to put in the work to do. So you have to be willing to put in the work. And also ladies, sometimes you got to be a bitch. Go at your husbands, go make them get checked out. I know you don't want to fight. Maybe you're not confrontational. Maybe they're like me. We're stubborn. We're hardheaded. We're bulls, but show them my video. Show them. Say, look at this guy. What happened to him? If they don't look like me, if they look twice as worse as me, they're on the wrong path. You better tell them, clean it up, babe. Because you got to stick around for me. You got to stick around for our kids. So this should be a wake-up call to you ladies, too. Tell your husbands, get off their ass and get get moving. All right, you guys. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next one.